What is going on and welcome to David Hates Everything. This is episode two for the week of September 10th. Going to talk about a handful of things like the free games with gold and PlayStation Plus this week. Uh, Sony's PlayStation meeting, which was awful. Mario on the iPhone, you had Shigeru Miyamoto on stage with Apple, which I don't think anybody was expecting. I mean, we knew it was coming eventually, but maybe not this quick. Uh, we got a viewer request to discuss For Honor, which is upcoming hack and slash game from Ubisoft. And then we'll talk about what I'm playing this week. So thanks for tuning in and let's get to it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the free PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. I wrote about this on the site, DavidHatesEverything.com. So if you already read it, you know, just skip ahead a little bit. So uh, the first games on Xbox was Earthlock Festival of Magic. It's an independent game from Snowcastle Games. been in development for five years. It was a Kickstarter title. It was coming. It's coming to PS4 and Wii U as well. Right now it's just out on Xbox One. Um, I haven't had a chance to play this one yet. Frankly, I'm really just not that interested in it. It's a turn-based RPG, which I'm not too big on turn-based RPGs to start with, so bear that in mind when I discuss this game. You know, if you like turn-based RPGs, probably don't want to listen to me. Uh, the only turn-based RPGs I like are Pokemon. Like, that's it. I, I couldn't tell you what it is exactly that clicks about it. Um, I've tried to play through Final Fantasy VII multiple times. Can't do it. I know everybody says it's the greatest. I'm probably about I'm probably about halfway through it on my Vita. Um and I just I haven't touched it in months. So Earthlock Festival of Magic, if if you look at the gameplay videos and what's available, it just seems really basic. Like uh, there's not voiceovers. It's a lot of text boxes, which is pretty common in RPGs. So I don't mean that like it's a unique knock, but it's part of why I don't really care for them. Uh, it just looks bland. It's probably not bad, but yeah, whatever. If it's you, if you like RPGs, check it out. Uh, the other Xbox or the next Xbox One game is Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. It's uh, one of the parts, there was a three-part spinoff to Assassin's Creed called Assassin's Creed Chronicles. One of them takes place in China, one's in India, and one's in Russia. So these are 2D, well, they're not 2D, they're three-dimensional 2D side-scrollers, kind of like how the new uh, Mario games are, but they're more action-based. I'm not a big Assassin's Creed fan, to start, okay? Assassin's Creed 1 is garbage. Assassin's Creed 2 was actually pretty good, but I didn't really care for the spin-offs with Brotherhood, or the, the follow-ups, I guess. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 played through it because it was, you know, it was a revolutionary war in America time uh, game, which was really cool. I think it's one of the best worlds any game has ever had. I think it's a prime example of how to teach history through video games you know you have these great interactions with like benjamin franklin you see thomas jefferson you get to see the battles happening as overall game didn't really care for it really repetitive story was bland final mission was complete crap i don't know if you've played assassin's creed 3 but the final mission you have to chase this guy down and you have to you know jump you're parkouring it's assassin's creed so of course you are you're jumping over this stuff and there's these random cheap explosions that kill you and it was just it, it was a just not a very good game, in my opinion. Um, I don't understand how the Assassin's Creed franchise is so popular. Now, Assassin's Creed Unity, the last one, or the last full full release that came out, got obliterated for technical difficulties, and they actually, Ubisoft decided that they were going to take a year off from the main releases, and that's part of why, well, we would have gotten Assassin's Creed Chronicles either way, but that's part of why they've been such a focus. So it got a 69 on Metacritic, 6.3 uh, from users. If it's your thing, you know, check it out. Um, 
But frankly, if you're looking for like a 2D game to play on console, on Xbox One, just get Shadow Complex, okay? It's backwards compatible if you own it on 360 already. They also released a remaster. It's, uh, it's really good. It's like a Metroidvania-style game, action-heavy, a lot of replayability, upgrades, that sort of thing. So the Xbox 360 games that everybody gets, and of course these are backwards compatible on Xbox One, which is great. Uh, the first one's Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon, there's really not a whole lot to say. It's Forza, but it's a little more arcadey. It's not full blown out arcadey like Burnout or something along those lines. But it's a, it's a much easier game to play than the simulator-heavy traditional Forzas. And they did that to appeal to a broader audience. Uh, people love the Forza Horizon games. They've gotten fantastic reviews. Uh, not a whole lot of complaints about them. My only issue with Forza Horizon 1 being the one of the 360 games is this is the first one when there's already like two other Forza Horizons out. There's Forza Horizon 2, there's Forza Horizon 3 I think is coming. They did a Forza Horizon Fast and the Furious spinoff that was actually free which was really dope. It was pretty cool. So there's just not a lot of reason to go back and play Forza Horizon 1. You know, like you just play one of the newer ones unless you've never played any of them and then I guess it's you know a good chance to check it out. But how representative is Forza Horizon 1 of, of its sequels? Um, so the other free game is Mirror's Edge, the original Mirror's Edge from 2007. Mirror's Edge is a first-person parkour game with combat. And it was really groundbreaking when it came out in 2007. It was made by DICE, the people who do Battlefield and the more recent Star Wars Battlefront. Um, it was really impressive when it first came out. This is right around the time parkour was blowing up on the internet. So you got all these French guys running and jumping off stuff. And everybody thought it was real cool. Um, it's it's a good game. It was. It was a really good game when it came out. It had some technical issues with the controls being a little awkward at times. The combat was never that good. And I, I think that's because that wasn't the focus of the game. The, the whole purpose of the game was free running. I don't know why they put combat in the game to start with. Um, other than that there was probably some business types that were like, hey, how are we going to market this first-person shooter that doesn't have shooting? And so they just slapped it in at the end. You play as Faith, who's a runner in this sort of dysfunctional or dystopia future, and she carries messages, so you're running from these people and going from point A to point B. It's got time trials where you can run through courses and compete on leaderboards against other people. I liked Mirror's Edge a lot when it first came out. It was a really top-notch game. It was very unique. There wasn't anything like it available. Looking back on it, I, I mean, I played through it one time. I never played through it again. That's not saying you won't get replayability out of it. A lot of people did. I didn't. And I, I, would, I don't think I'd bother to go back to playing it now. Um, I did try it a couple years ago, and it's just kind of clunky. It's still good. But this is sort of the same situation as Forza Horizon. Why would you play Mirror's Edge 2007 when the new Mirror's Edge just came out this year? Like, they just released it. Granted, it didn't get nearly as good of a reception as Mirror's Edge did in 2007. And we're talking about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, but it's there. So, you know, I guess if you play through Mirror's Edge on 360 and you like it at all, probably try Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Uh, they're supposed to improve the combat. Obviously, got way better graphics. It's one I, I haven't tried. I actually downloaded it on the EA Access, which is a really good deal. If you're not familiar with EA Access, 
Um, I think it's like 30 bucks for the year, but you get access to all these great EA games. Like they, they really frequently, they do a really good job updating what games you get to play for free. One of the really good perks of it though is whenever a new game comes out, you get to play it for 10 hours for free. And this is before it even comes out, like a week before it launches. You know, like Need for, they did this with Need for Speed Underground, Madden, or not Need for Speed, now I guess it's just Need for Speed now, uh, Madden, and Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I downloaded it. I, I never played it. I didn't bother with it. If you're looking for a game that offers first-person parkour, I would tell you to get Dying Light. I think I talked about it a little bit last week. It's made by the people who do who made Dead Island. Really heavy emphasis on parkour. It's an open world. Bit of RPG elements where you're upgrading your character, upgrading your moves. A lot of loot. If you love loot like me, it's fantastic. You get cool weapons like machetes that you can electrify and baseball bats that set people on fire it's dope so you know give mirror's edge a whirl don't go in expecting it to blow your mind you know it's one thing for a game to have been amazing in 2007 but it's not that it doesn't hold up it's just it's not it's not going to hold up or, or be what it was then for most gamers so going to the playstation plus games uh the first one's lords of the fallen Lords of the Fallen has been described as a poor man's Dark Souls, It's, but a lot of people don't like that comparison because they feel like it's too easy. So the combat is similar to Dark Souls where it's basically just like a bunch of duels with enemies that can do a lot of damage to you, uh, but it also has a loot system similar to Diablo where you're upgrading your armor, you're upgrading your weapons pretty frequently. I gave Lords of the Fallen a play earlier. I, I can't get into it. Um, after playing Bloodborne, bear in mind, I don't really like Dark Souls. It's not that I don't like the concept or that I think it's too difficult. I just think they play like crap. I think the controls are terrible. Um, I think the combat is just awful, and half of the difficulty comes from the combat. So it's basically Dark Souls combat, but even slower and clunkier. And the enemies don't hurt you nearly as much. It is a lot easier than Dark Souls. I, I got to the first boss... And I think the first boss killed me maybe twice before I just whooped him. Like, it really wasn't hard. But it's a really slow game. And coming from, like, in terms of combat, so coming from Bloodborne, I, I just can't do it. It's, And that's not to... A lot of people like that stuff. A lot of people played Bloodborne and still prefer Dark Souls. You know, like Dark Souls 3, I never got it because I was worried that essentially what happened with me with the Lords of the Fallen, you know, Bloodborne... Bloodborne's combat is just some of the best melee combat ever in a game. It's really smooth. It's based on dodging and countering. Um, but Lords of the Fallen and Dark Souls in comparison are just slow. The combat's so slow, which again, some people like. I don't. So uh, the other free PS4 game is Journey. Journey came out in 2011. Uh, on the PlayStation 3. It was a PlayStation 3 exclusive. It's got a really distinctive art style, really beautiful game. A lot of praise from everyone. I mean, I, I haven't seen too many people anywhere, even in forums, try to talk bad about it. It's a walking simulator, so there, it's not going to have a whole lot of gameplay. It's not going to have a whole lot of diversity in what you do. It's supposed to be one of those games that you just experience. One of the things I've always heard about it is that you have essentially you can run into other players you can't talk to them but you'll run into them and there's all these great stories online about people bumping into other players online and then them going on this this journey i hate to drop a pun whatever 
together and just what a nice experience it was i haven't got the chance to play it yet it's one you can beat in a uh, you know one sitting i'll probably try to stream me playing through it later this week uh, if you're interested in that i'll let you know or i'll put the link up on either my twitter feed which is at david schrader underscore probably slap it up on uh, david hates everything.com as well so I've, I've been wanting to play it for a while i just hadn't because it's, it's really light on gameplay and it only lasts a few hours so I just, it wasn't worth 15 bucks to me, and I figured it would eventually be free, which it is, which is great. So the PS3, I'm going to get through these next ones a little faster. The PS3 games, the first one's Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands is a follow-up to the Sands of Time trilogy that was on GameCube, Xbox, and PS2. And that was the Sands of Time, Warrior Within, um, I don't know, The Tale of Two Crowns or whatever the crap it was. Those games were great when they came out. Well, Sands of Time was great when it came out. Warrior Within got kind of tried to be like real super heavy metal mature, which ruined it. But if you go back and play those games, they they don't hold up as well either. And it's because of mechanics. The camera's bad. The combat's really shallow and bland. Now the puzzle and platforming elements are still good, but again, the mechanics can definitely get in the way. Um, so the Sands of Time or the Forgotten Sands, excuse me. It's kind of interesting they made it because they did the 2008 Prince of Persia reboot where it was cell shaded. It was a very, very different game than uh, The Sands of Time. It was a lot more one-on-one -on -one combat. Uh, it was one of the first games where you couldn't die. Like, you just couldn't die. If you fell down or if you got killed, you just got kicked back a little. And this is when people were still freaking out about you know not having deaths where you got knocked back to a checkpoint or you had to restart a level. So, uh, Forgotten Sands, it did all right on Metacritic. It's got a 75. If you're interested in Prince of Persia, though, just find a, find a GameCube and play, play Sands of Time. The other PS3 game, which I'm not going to talk about much, is Detura. It just looks really boring. It's a first-person adventure game. Got a 57 on Metacritic. Uh, IGN gave it a 6 out of 10. It does not look interesting to me at all. It looks like mist. Um if mist were made today like it just looks boring as hell so moving on the other games that are going to be free for sony owners if you have it and this is on ps4 and vita is badlands it's a 2d game it's got a really strong style kind of reminds me of limbo uh, where it's kind of dark and spooky but it's more colorful than that i haven't got to play it yet a lot of contrasting colors and uh, you know ambient music they really tried to make a strong atmosphere for the game and my only thing, or my hesitation, I guess, is whenever companies, whenever game developers talk about the atmosphere of their game and the music as if it's a feature, that sets off a red flag for me where I just assume your game's probably not that good. Um, you know, if you play games for an atmosphere and ambiance, do you. But I don't. I've said time and time again, gameplay is king. I don't care if your game is muted. Uh, you know, there can be no sound. As long as it's good, whatever. So the other P, the other Vita game is Amnesia Memories. Amnesia Memories is not a video game, okay? It's it's a, a visual novel. People like them, I guess. They're basically like interactive comic books. They're not quite adventure games. Um, the Vita has a ton of these. People on the Vita love visual novels which makes sense the Vita's got a beautiful screen it's touch screen it's got the rear touchpad a lot of things that i would imagine 
reading an interactive comic book would be super dope on. I don't care about this thing. I'm probably, uh, you know what? Honestly, I probably, I probably will give it a try just so I can further talk bad about visual novels. I just don't, I don't get it. They don't click with me, um, and I don't really care to make them click with me because they're all super anime. Which whatever, if you like anime, do you? But I'm not trying to sit down on my Vita for like a two-hour manga. No thanks. I'll just keep playing tight games like Hotline Miami. So that's going to be your free games this month. Um, I don't really think any of the games they gave out are that great. They're all pretty mediocre at this point. A lot of you know, some of them are just dated, like Mirror's Edge. It's not Mirror's Edge's fault. It's just it came out in 2007. It's not going to you know, titles from then don't hold up. Not all of them hold up quite as well. Um, I would probably give the edge to Microsoft if I had to pick and say who who's given the better games. And that's because Forza Horizon and Mirror's Edge, those are both AAA games. Those are games that had a lot of you know, budget to them. They are really solid quality games. Even if some elements of Mirror's Edge are, aren't as good today as they were in 2007, they're still great games to play if you've never played them. PS4 Getting Journey is, is really nice, but it... It's on sale all the time. You probably could have found it for five bucks if you just wait for the right moment. Uh, Lords of the Fallen looks cool. I do appreciate that Sony appears to be trying to get more AAA games out. I don't even know if Lords of the Fallen would be a AAA game, to be honest. Like It's close. It's really pretty graphically. It's clearly got so, you know, a lot of production values into it. Um, so, Either way, those are your free games. Probably, honestly, probably one of the better months recently, but that's more because uh, the free games both companies have been giving out have sucked. Like last month, Microsoft gave out uh, Warriors Orochi 3, which if you like the Masu games, you like Dynasty Warriors, I'm sure you love that. I, I Another one I can't get into, they're just really shallow and bland. Uh, and WWE 2K15, which was garbage. The WWE games used to be tight, like the SmackDown, just bring it and shut your mouth. Like, those were awesome. The new ones just suck. I did a TLC match just to check it out, just tables, ladders, and chairs. It sucked. Like, there was one table and one ladder. I don't know where the chairs were, and nobody was doing anything cool, which I guess is like the WWF now. The WWF now, or WWE, basically sucks. Like, Linda McMahon decided to run for Senate some years ago, and they toned it down to clean it up so it couldn't be used against her for political reasons. Um, and, I mean, the games just really reflect that. So, those are your free games. Check them out. Don't check them out. Uh, I always, you know, download them, you know, where you check the box, where you, you add it to your cart and you buy it just so I have it. Uh, it doesn't mean I put them on my hard drive. I just figure if they're going to give it out for free, better to take it than not. So, uh, that's going to lead us into what may be one of the worst weeks for Sony and the PlayStation brand since the massive hack that happened in 2011 that brought PlayStation Network down for three weeks. This was supposed to be a really good week for Sony. Uh, they were hosting, they hosted the PlayStation meeting on Wednesday where they were all set to unveil this new souped-up PS4. There's been rumors for months about the PS4 Neo, what it was going to be, how it was going to compete against the Xbox One Scorpio that's coming out next year. Um, they were also going to unveil the PS4 Slim, but the PS4 Slim got leaked about two weeks ago. People already had it in their hands. 
So uh, there were some expectations for this conference. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. There, there was even rumors that there was going to be a Red Dead Redemption remaster reveal. And the PlayStation meeting ended up being one of the worst press conferences I've seen in years. I would probably say it was possibly the worst press conference since Don Matrick was at Xbox and they did the Xbox One reveal, which was the worst press conference of all time. Um, to start it off, I guess we got back up a little. So the PlayStation meeting was at 3 o'clock Eastern time. It was at 3 o'clock. Well, these fools, well, you know, I guess didn't plan it that well. Apple did their new iPhone presentation at 1 o'clock. So two hours before the PlayStation meeting is supposed to start, you got Apple showing off their new iPhone, which I don't know how big a news. Like, it's always big news, but like how big of news is a new iPhone? It's pretty expected at this point. Um, but there was one big surprise at the Apple event, and that was... Nintendo and the Super Mario creator himself, Shigeru Miyamoto, on stage to reveal Nintendo's new iOS game, uh, Super Mario Runner. Now, Super, or excuse me, Super Mario Run. So, Super Mario Run is basically it's it's an endless runner like Temple Run or anything else like that, where you're going to be tapping to make Mario jump at the right time. It's going to be huge. It is going to be huge. The internet went crazy when Miyamoto stepped out on stage. There are analysts predicting that Super Mario Run is going to get 1.5 billion downloads, which sounds insane, but Pokemon Go is already at 500 million downloads, and it's only been out for two months. It's also the highest grossing game of all time for the period that it's out. There's an amazing chart that shows Pokemon Go's revenue compared to every other major title like Candy Crush or uh, Clash of the Clans. And it is just not even close how much Pokemon Go revenue is smoking those games. So Mario Run is expected to be huge. So poor Sony has to do their press conference an hour after Shigeru Miyamoto and Super Mario are on stage at Apple. And I swear to you, Andrew House, the, the CEO of uh, global CEO of Sony Interactive, he stepped out onto this stage for the, to kick off the PlayStation meeting, and you could just see on his face and in his body language, Sony knew they were beat. They knew no matter what they did, or maybe I mean there's probably something they could have done, but they knew what they were bringing, what their show was going to be, what the PlayStation conference was going to present to people was not even going to sniff at a tenth of what Apple and, and Super Mario and Nintendo had just done. They knew they were just going to be a footnote on the day's news, if that. And let me tell you, they the PlayStation conference was awful. So Andrew House comes out, and he starts telling us about, oh, beautiful 4K, beautiful 4K resolution, oh, video games in 4K. And this leads into the reveal of the PlayStation Pro, the PlayStation 4 Pro. So the PlayStation 4 Pro is what we thought the PlayStation 4 Neo, or I guess it is what the PlayStation 4 Neo is. The only issue is the PlayStation 4 Pro doesn't really do anything other than play games upscaled to 4K, which is really ridiculous. The whole premise of this console is that you get to game, you know, play games in 4K, watch movies in 4K. But then we found out after the show, the PlayStation 4 Pro doesn't actually play games in 4K. It 
it it doesn't very native 4K. It probably plays them in a higher resolution, like 1440p, and then it upscales it. And what that means is that at 4K, basically every time your resolution goes up, you get more pixels. The more pixels you have, the better your picture is. When a picture is uh, up up res from a lower resolution, it doesn't increase the pixel count. It just makes the pixels bigger. So while, yeah, you're playing in 4K, the picture you're getting is not truly 4K. It's like, a, you know, like I said, it's going to be like a 1440p image that's being upscaled to, um, to look like 4K. So it's not actually as good. But the really amazing and confounding part about this, or confusing part about this, is that the PlayStation 4 Pro is going to cost $400, right? And they tried to justify this with all this 4K stuff. But the problem is the Xbox, Xbox, Microsoft, they two months ago released the Xbox, or just last month, released the Xbox One S for $300, and it includes a game. You can get it with Halo 5 right now for $300. You can probably get a really good bundle for that much, right? And it does everything the PlayStation 4 Pro does. You can play media in 4K. You can stream in 4K. It'll upscale your games to 4K. It'll do all this for $100 less than the PS4 Pro. It makes no sense to me why they would release the PS4 Pro at $400 other than they want to keep their margins up because they are releasing the PS4 Slim. Uh, the PS4 Slim is going to be $300. It'll be able to do, all PS4s are going to get an update so they can do Ultra HD um, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm a PlayStation 4 guy. I was Xbox from 2001 until the uh, destruction of Xbox by Don Matrick with the, the Xbox One. PlayStation 4 is such a better console than the Xbox One. It's not even close. The install times are significantly faster. Uh, the games all play in a higher resolution, or they used to all play in a higher resolution than anything Xbox could do. It was the better value. And this is awesome. I mean, you got to remember Xbox One came out. It was $500 because it included the stupid Kinect. It forced the Kinect on everybody. So the past two months, Xbox One has been the number one selling console in America. This is for July and August. In August, the Xbox One S sold like crazy. So you got to think, or I think, this has opened the door for Xbox to take back over the number one spot in America. And that's not, they, they still got a lot of ground to make up. Don't get me wrong. But if I had to bet money, the Xbox One is going to be the number one selling console this holiday season. For one, it's $100. Xbox One S is $100 less than the PS4 Pro, does everything the PS4 Pro does. Plus, you can get it, you know, it'll come with a, at least one game. And I'm sure Microsoft's going to have some insane holiday bundles like they did last year. So it's $100 less than the PS4 Pro, does all the 4K stuff. On top of that, it's the same price as a PS4 Slim, which is going to be the new base model PS4, uh, while doing more than a PS4 Slim. So it is legitimately a better value. It is a better proposition to gamers, to consumers, than either of the PS4 models that are out right now. And you got to think about, like, 
you know, parents and people that are buying a video game console for someone else, when they go into GameStop or if they're at Walmart and they see the Xbox One S and it does all this 4K stuff and it's $100 less plus you get a couple games, you really think they're going to say, nah, let's get this PS4 instead. Like, that's just not how it's going to go. So, yeah, I think the Xbox One S. And then, so Sony, oh my God, Sony, you're so stupid. So then this week, as if the, the PlayStation conference or the PlayStation meeting wasn't bad enough, and it wasn't just me that thought the PlayStation meeting was bad. The entire internet was ripping on it the entire, I mean, for the entire length of the press conference. I have a Storify up that you can watch or you can check out on DavidHatesEverything.com uh, where I've included a bunch of tweets from people like Jeff Gersman, um, ZX Huge, where, where they're all just talking about how bad of a press conference this was. At one point, Mark Kearney came out and my god don't ever let him on stage again he talks like this and tells us about how 4k is so beautiful how when he spoke to a developer and for the first time saw the beautiful light it brought chills to his skin i have never wanted to go to sleep sooner or quicker than when mark kearney was on stage telling me about 4k it was awful you know, don't get me wrong, he was not as bad as the mom on stage uh, for Nintendo for Sean White's pro snowboarding. That's the worst presenter ever, worse than Mr. Caffeine or Jamie uh, Malibu's most wanted, Jamie Kennedy, when he presented for Ubisoft. But it was bad. And to make things worse, two days later, so Fallout 4 and the Skyrim Remaster are coming to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Skyrim Remaster is coming out this fall. Uh, Fallout 4 is already out. Both of those games are going to support mods on Xbox One. They were both supposed to support mods on the PS4. Turns out, Sony will not allow Bethesda to put user mods on the PS4 versions. This is a horribly stupid decision. And it's a really ironic one, too. So last generation, Unreal Tournament... Uh, came out on PS4 and, or excuse me, on PS3 and Xbox 360. And Sony allowed mods. Microsoft didn't. Now that's completely flipped. I have never, in the, enti the entirety of this console cycle, I have never even considered getting a game on my Xbox One instead of my PS4. They don't play as well. They don't play as, in high, as, as high of a resolution. They take 10 hours doing this. I've never bought a game on Xbox One and been able to play it the same day that I bought it because it takes so long to install. This is the first time I will almost certainly get a game on Xbox One instead of a PS4. I don't want to get my games on Xbox. I don't like the Xbox One. I have one because I love games and I'm sure something will come out at some point I want to play. I would love to get Skyrim on PS4, or Fallout 4 for that matter, but why on earth would anybody get those games on PS4 when you can get them on Xbox One where they have mod support? And if, if this is indicative of future trends, Xbox has a great chance to really take over from Sony. Um, if you're going to release a multi-platform game, like, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, mods are not a minor feature. Like being able to download mods and install them to your game can completely change a game. It can give it such a longer life cycle. 
you know, it can add so many things that can keep you playing the same game you know, for years if it has good mod support. And Skyrim does have really good mod support. It's It just makes no sense why Sony's doing this. And that decision, coupled with the awful PlayStation meeting, I think they've created a, a really big, big opportunity for Xbox to take over this holiday season. I think they will. I think the Xbox One is going to be the number one selling console this holiday season. And a lot of people point to PlayStation VR as a reason for Sony's uh, Sony's going to continue with dominance. But you got to remember, VR adoption is not going to be very high. Yes, all of the PlayStation VR headsets are currently sold out, but that's because Sony didn't manufacture as many as they could. They created an artificial uh, supply constraint, and they didn't do it to drive up prices, but they realized... It's $400 just for a headset, $500 for a bundle so you can actually use the headset with your PS4 if you don't already have the camera and the controllers. It's not something a lot of people are going to buy. It's an early adopters thing. It's it's something enthusiasts like me are going to purchase you know, as soon as I can. Um, so it's not going to drive a lot of console sales because you're talking about you'd have to spend $800 out of, out of you know first day to get a PlayStation VR headset and a PS4. And be able to use them. It costs $800, and most people just aren't going to do that. So I don't think that's going to really contribute to console sales. Not this year. Next year, if they can get the price down on the headsets, I, you know, I think it'll help. And that's not to say I'm not excited about VR. I'm really pumped about it. That's the next big thing I'm looking for. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, Sony's really shooting themselves in the foot. They should have never had the PlayStation meeting. They should have just announced it through a press release. By hosting the PlayStation meeting, they built or they created a lot of hype for a lot of hype that they just couldn't deliver on. Um, the PlayStation 4 Pro isn't as powerful as what we expect the Xbox One Scorpio to be. The whole purpose of it is to be able to play games in 4K, but it doesn't even play games in 4K. It upscales them. It's just it's just stupid. Uh, so then the next thing we're going to talk about, and we're almost done with the show. Uh, next thing I'm going to talk about is my man Mitch. Not Mitch Daniels. The homie Mitchell. TKO Scooby on Twitter. The main G. He wanted me to talk about For Honor. Uh, if you're not familiar with For Honor, it is a game coming from Ubisoft Montreal. It's a, a hack and slash game where you can play as uh, Vikings or Samurais or Knights. It looks a lot like a, like a Western Mosul game, like a Western Dynasty Warriors. So it's got faster combat. Uh, the levels they've shown, they've shown like a siege on a castle where you go in and take it over. Things like that. It does look pretty cool. Like It looks like a cool game. It's going to have online co-op. It's going to have split-screen co-op. Okay, So for that alone, it's damn near worth a purchase. Most, most games don't have split-screen anymore. It's really hard to find a game you can sit on the couch and play with someone. So for them to add that, I think it's fantastic. Now, Ubisoft Montreal, they've got a really good pedigree. They made the Splinter Cell games. They made the Assassin's Creed games. They've made some real... I mean, they've worked on Rainbow Six. Uh, they've done some real top-notch stuff. But I'm hesitant about For Honor. It looks cool. Uh, the gameplay, it's, it's described as hack and slash, but it also uses... When you're in these one-on-one -on -one encounters with like bosses or people you change your stance with the right stick to 
get ready to come in for an attack. So, you know, if somebody's attacking overhead, you hit the right stick up to block. If someone's attacking from the right, you hit it to the right to block. And, you know, same thing for where you're attacking from. My only concern is that Ubisoft games tend to feel um, very weighty and kind of and slow. I don't, and, and that's always been a turnoff to me. Like, even the Assassin's Creed games that are based around being like nimble and fast and light, you really can't parkour that quickly. Like, there's this heaviness to the characters and, and everything that happens. And that, that, that has me a little weary. And not just that, but also, you know, the one thing that could be great about the game, which is using the right stick to change your stances and how you're going to attack and defend, could be terrible. So while Ubisoft Montreal has done a fantastic job with the Splinter Cell games, which are one of my favorite series, uh, and we're talking Splinter Cell 1 through uh, at least Conviction, they also made Sean White snowboarding and Sean White skateboarding. And the problem with those games is you had a perfect formula for how to make a snowboarding game from SSX or from the Amped series, which was on original Xbox and Xbox 360. And instead, for Sean White snowboarding, they tried to innovate and like do their own control scheme, their control scheme, and make it all unique and all this stuff. And it was terrible. It played like trash. the The mechanics they put in it just weren't good. And they did the exact same thing with Sean White's skateboarding. They could have made it like Tony Hawk. They could have made it like EA Skate. Instead, they tried to do their own thing, and it was junk. The controls were bad. The physics were bad. Um, the whole idea was like, as you're like doing tricks through the universe, it would, you know, elements would like, if you were grinding a rail, you could change the direction it was going as you went uh, to get to secret places. And it was just, it just wasn't a good game. They don't feel good to play. And so that has me a little concerned. I don't think Ubisoft is particularly good at innovating and Ubisoft Montreal, while they've had some great hits like Splinter Cell, um, that they're trying to do something new, I appreciate it, but I'm skeptical. I think it. I think at a minimum, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be like a sucky game. Like at a minimum, it'll probably be okay. And I'm sure it'll be really fun on two player. You know, most games are, are great when you can play on a co-op. So it, I'm checking it out, and I think it is pretty cool that you can fight Vikings against samurais and samurais against knights and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. It, it reminds me of that History Channel show where they do the different groups against each other real talk though i don't know who i guess we gotta talk for a second about who would win between samurais knights and vikings so man that's a tough one knights against vikings i think i gotta go with the knights like vikings are gonna come in all burly and aggressively and i'm sure they're real strong and stuff you know like they're probably like these big dudes from rowan Oars all the time, uh, all that stuff. Um, but knights are going to be better trained. They're going to be better outfitted. They're going to have superior armor. They're going to have superior tactics. They're going to have better weapons. Um, and I think that would give them the edge against Vikings. Yeah, I remember too with Vikings is they were just like slightly above barbarians. Not to say they weren't whooping on fools, but they weren't coming out in formation and taking you know commands and all this stuff. Like they just fought like savages basically. Uh, the samurai, I don't know if I'd give samurais over over Vikings though, because the samurais, hmm, that's a tough one. Hmm. I don't know. 
I think if I had to say it, I'd probably go Vikings over Samurais. Because I don't think the Samurais would have as good a gear as the Knights do. So I think the Knights would beat both of them. Um, I don't think the Samurai... One, their weapons are swords, or are a lot thinner swords than what knights were using. Knights were using, you know, heavier, thicker swords and maces and things like that. So I think they, while the knights against the barbarians or the Vikings, excuse me, what's the difference, whatever, against the Vikings, I think their armor and things would help a lot. I don't know that the samurai armor would. Now, the samurai were a lot more disciplined than Vikings were. They weren't as much into just, you know, raiding and pillaging and raping as Vikings, but I'd probably give it to uh, I'd probably give it to, to Vikings on that one. I mean, we'll see, though. The game's coming out, so we'll see soon enough. Um, so that was for Mitchell. If you guys got something else you want me to talk about, maybe Mitchell will just give me something else to talk about because he might be the only person listening to this, which is totally awesome because Mitchell's pretty cool. I'll make a show for you, Mitchell. You're the man. <laughs> So I'm going to finish it out with uh, what, I'm, what I'm playing this week. I just picked up Transformers Devastation on the PS4. Uh, from, it was on sale at Redbox for 9 bucks. It's one I've been waiting to get, but it's pretty short. It's light on content. Uh, it's from Platinum, which are the developers of Bayonetta, Metal Gear Solid Revengeance, or Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, excuse me, and the more recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that got destroyed in reviews. It's pretty cool. It's very much in the style of the old Transformers uh, TV show. It's a fast action game. It's got a good counter system. Feels good to play, but it's it's relatively light on con- on content. It's not going to be a really long game. You could probably beat it in under eight hours. And there are missions and sort of challenges that you can do after if that's your thing. I'm not really too big into that stuff. So I've been waiting for it to drop under ten bucks, and it finally did. And I'm glad I got it. It's a lot of fun. There is a loot system, so you get weapons and things that you can upgrade um, to improve your to improve your transformers. You get to play as Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Sideswipe, Grimlock. Um, it's it's pretty cool, but definitely I'm definitely glad I waited till it was under ten bucks. The other game I'm playing this week is Pokemon Soul Silver. So when Pokemon Go, now the Pokemon games are always going to keep their, like Nintendo games in general, just keep their price high. They just, they don't drop in value. And the Pokemon games, even more so, the, the prices just don't drop. So when Pokemon Go came out, the prices of all the Pokemon games went up by like 10 bucks. And Pokemon games that were 30 are now 40. And Soul Silver and Gold, you used to be able to get them for about 50 bucks. They're now going for a minimum of 85 on Amazon. I think Heart Gold's like 95 and these are used copies. This isn't even coming with the box either, or the case. Like this is just the just the cartridge. Um, I was able to score Pokémon Soul Silver on eBay. I ended up it was 65, which sucks. It was way more than I'd ever want to spend on one of these. But Soul Silver and Heart Gold, the remakes, are easily the best Pokemon games. Like, easily. Now, just so you know, I would say Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the best. Black and White 2 are second. And then I like I like Red and Blue. Fire Red, or I guess Leaf Green, whatever. The updated ones are, are really, really good. Uh, I'm probably about, I think I just got the third badge last night. They're really good games. I mean, it's Pokemon. You know what you're getting. It's a... Uh, Soul Silver. If you see a copy of it at GameStop, I think at GameStop it's actually only like fifty bucks. Um, if you see it, grab it. You can easily flip it on eBay or Amazon for more. If you are playing either of the Soul Silver or Heart Gold, though, let me know because I'm gonna need somebody to do some trades with so I can evolve some fools. 
I was about to catch a Geo dude, but I'm trying to actually play through with people I've never used before. So right now I've got what do I got? I got a Typhlosion, uh, Ekans, which I've I've never used an Ekans in any of the Pokemon games. Mostly because I don't know, I don't like the, the Pokemon that only evolve once. I like the ones that evolve three times a lot more. It just seems like there's more to do with them. Um, some of I saw a Geo dude, but I didn't get them because one, I got a trade to evolve them, and who the hell am I going to trade with? Uh, and two, you know, I'm trying to get some other people. So I got a Ekans, uh, Togepi, and Typhlosion right now. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Probably check out some other stuff. Don't really know what. Still playing Dying Light. It's got a lot of a lot of good DLC. So yeah, that's the show for this week. That was a little faster, I think, better than uh, than last week's. So I'll try to get another podcast up. Uh, next Friday or Saturday. Let me know what you thought of this. Let me know what you want to hear me talk about on the next one. And as always, thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes and check out DavidHatesEverything.com. Big shout out to Mitchell. What up, Mitchell? Thanks, guys.